Podcast Beyond World of Warcraft. How are we doing, everybody? Back to the MoCast episode three, and today we have a throwback to the very first episode oh, yeah. of the MoCast with none other than Mr. Noble87. Warm welcome. What up, Mr. Noble? <laughs> Good morning. It's what an energy this <laughs> yeah, early. I, I'm still on my second cup of coffee. I'm I'm still a bit mellow. <laughs> yes, if you, have, if you weren't able to tell everybody, we are drinking coffee. So if you're watching yes. this in the morning, have a cup of coffee with us and enjoy Treat the chat, the talk. Yes, because uh, uh, it's been a, a it's been an early morning. I had to take the dog out and take him to the what's it called? Make him you know clean and beautiful and cut his hair and sh- the, the grooming. No. Right, and, and uh, whenever he comes out of that, he has to, you know, take a shit and piss and, you know, play around and all of that. So I got my energy uh, early on, although, you know, it was... Uh, Sounds uh, about right. Yeah. Uh, but we're sharing a coffee with Noble, because the last time I think we shared other stuff. Uh, well, I, I know. It was, stuff, it was definitely, oh, it was definitely water. <laughs> I was wa- We can call it water for sure. Um, <clears throat> so let's just get into it, man. Noble, first of all, thank you once again for, for joining, man. Um, you, you're kind of, a, I would say, a pioneer of this show at, at this point, because you were the first one to, yeah. to get into it, and it still amazes me that I'm looking and seeing you there and hearing your <laughs> voice. <laughs> How uh, many episodes have you guys done now in total? Uh, this is the 18th, 18th episode. We have fi- 15. Oh, you've been busy. Yeah, well, well, we, we decided to make it on seasons, right? So we had 15 episodes for the first season. And now we started with season two with the new year. We took the holiday break and all that. And uh, this time around, we started off with Hazel. That was uh, the first thing. Because, right. yeah, we, tra- we tried to get her on board for for quite a, t- a long time. Yeah, it was it was a weird, weird uh, segment. We were very lucky to get you first because uh, then, you know, I mean, P-Pad started and launched the Shadowlands. And... Yeah, let's not beat around the bush, man. Having Noble for the first guest helped out a lot. I mean, like, it was like, oh, what, what's, who are these guys, right? So, come on. But, all right. Uh, Which one has been the favorite so far? Well, obviously yours. <laughs> there's, no, there's no answer. Besides mine, obviously. Like, is there anyone that stands out or anything that stands out, like a moment? I think... Uh, we had some more deep ones, actually. Some more, yeah. I don't know. Um, there was one that always uh, keeps popping up with the Stoops one. Yeah, the, the, the Stoops uh, one was very emotional, I feel. Yeah, because the dude was super open on talking, you know, about you know his struggles and overcoming them. And it was inspiring. And as well as, you know, talking to him... And him talking to us kind of made us all realize that we should be more grateful for what we do and what we have and stuff. Mm. So it was like, uh, the, you know, therapeutic was thrown around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I remember, Noble, uh, from our first episode that uh, when, when we talked about what inspired you and, and stuff like that, uh, you, you, you said uh, that at some point you were following Bajira and... Um, he said that, you know, uh, oh, there, there's Noble, he's the, the story dude. Hey, man, I'm working on my own story. And I was I was yeah. wa- wanted to ask you, how is your story developing so far, my man? From really, really well. Well, in the, in, the, in, the, in the case of Bajira, now that you mentioned, that's, that's mainly in the, in the health department, of course, because Bajira is a beast. <laughs> yeah. And... Yeah. Um, God, when was it last year? When was it the last time that we spoke each other? We what spoke month were we looking uh, at? in July. 
last year. In so July. More than okay. half a year. Yeah. yeah, so uh, at that point in time, I was already four or five months into uh, getting healthier, and I've been sticking with it despite lockdown, despite Christmas and all that. I'm actually stepping it up into another direction again. I've gotten a new food expert who is telling me just before the show, I read the email, I oh. need to eat like more potatoes and whatnot. I need to eat a lot more. But no, health-wise is going great. Um, also started seeing someone. We're getting to our four month now, so that's oh, nice. Hello. <laughs> Good job, man. Pe pe pepper mean, the left yeah. a little bit of love. Imagine doing mm -hmm. that in the pandemic. Well, you, you got some skills. During buddy. a pandemic, it's actually made things uh, <laughs> a whole lot better during a pandemic. I mean, you're supposed to stay inside anyways. Might as well cuddle up and have a nice time, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Amen to that, brother. Sounds, sounds pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, and, and, and work and whatnot. Like, we've, we've just gone out of the Shadowlands hype. That's why the timing on, hey, you want to do this thing was yeah. just perfect. Because oh, if you would have asked me a month ago, I wouldn't have had the time for it. I can imagine. Um, well, Shadowlands has been fun. It's been crazy busy because I had this whole schedule for the month of December and January. I was like, I'm going to do all the things and it's going to be fantastic. But that schedule with the pandemic and Christmas and all that quickly went out of the window. <laughs> time, time just flies by. It's insane. But yeah, it's, uh, it's about done and just in time for February as well with the whole oh, BlizzCon thing coming up. Yeah, yeah. 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 we're going to talk a little bit yeah. more about WoW and stuff because uh, now we have a lot of subject matter to, to get into for sure. But um, I, I did want to test you, you mentioned the, the food expert thing, and I know mm -hmm. uh, in July you said you really wanted to like start getting into nutrition and learning more stuff and actually becoming more of a uh, food expert yourself. Is that like the first step mm -hmm. to get into that, like talking to this guy and getting your game up uh, new, new dieting wise? Uh this is more asking experts that already know about it. Like that was more talk about potential futures in which I mm -hmm. might do an education on a dietitian and, yeah. and figure out more stuff because I've always been invested in it. But this is purely for, look, this is what I've been doing the last year. I really want to get those last five kilos off and, and get the muscle building going. What <laughs> would you recommend for me to eat? And they were like, well, if you do this, if you add that to your diet, you should be golden. It's like, okay, cool. I'll, uh, I'll definitely adjust that. That's but in cool. my case, it's more so like there's there's crash diets out there and there's like uh, keto and whatnot. Oh, yeah. But for me, I've always found like there's a million different diets on the market, but you need to find the one that works for you because otherwise, you know, everybody is different. Yeah. And I need something that I need to sustain on a multiple year basis. It needs to be simple, easy. I'm no chef. And they take that into consideration. They're like, oh, you can cook a potato? Well, then go eat potato with meat and vegetables. <laughs> so what else do you need? It's uh, potato and meat. Perfect. It's perfect. Now, how's, mm -hmm. that, how's that going for you so far? Uh, good. Well, with December, obviously, you got like your Christmas, your New Year, <sighs> uh, my birthday. Uh, you know, you're sitting down, you're feasting, you're celebrating. So it's a little bit on a halt. My goal was to maintain what I accomplished. And I did that. So that's great. Now it's uh, going towards the summer and it's, it's getting those final steps through, like breaking through the plateau because I feel like, oh, the last two, three months I've been on the same spot. I want to break through it. Yeah. And this is hopefully going to be the push to get through it. Yeah. But do, do you feel, I don't know, more energetic, more, I don't know, more focused, more clear? I mean, I know we talked about, you know, uh, at that point you having a little bit of a struggle of all your life basically trying to lose weight. And I know that also mm -hmm. impacts, you know, productivity and state of mind, you know, and you know, obviously oxygen levels tend to circulate better to the brain when you're, when you're doing, you know, exercise and eating well. How does that, you know, how, how did that impact you when, once you started? 
Uh, well, when I started, like I started out of pure desperation, like I needed to go do something. I needed to get on my walks because <laughs> just in a, in a bad, bad mind place. And those walks really, really help to just turn it all off for a moment. Just listen to the music and, and do your little circle. And it's great. Even though with the recent lockdowns and whatnot, there are a ton more people on the street. So instead of just doing my circle, I'm just now trying to avoid everybody. Like, get out of the way. I'm swirling now. Yeah. Please. So, yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's, it's a bit more difficult to be like, not thinking about anything when you need to plan out your course and have people in the way. But regardless, it's still very nice. And the whole struggle of it, like, did it help uh, tremendously? Like normally in, in, the, in the December period, I always slide in a little bit of a December depression because yeah. I live on the sunlight and I'm like a little flower. When I get the sun, I'm energetic and happy. When it's <laughs> December, I'll just go into my cave and have a little nap until winter is over. <laughs> like but a with, with the vitamins <laughs> and the exercise and the relationship and all the other things just keep yourself busy that also helps tremendously like a busy mind happy mind sure thing. um yeah been pushing forward and pushing through it and we're almost done we're going towards the brighter days again which is oh, nice. yeah sounds uh, sounds pretty good hey man, I, I love i love the phrase uh, i'm just like a little flower i, I love it it's, it's a noble it's just a little flower guys you're, you're gonna use it for something don't, aren't you don't get it twisted it's the best thing i've heard this morning it's true though oh the sun is so nice even though i'm not like a beach goer or whatnot it's the sunlight that gives you like the good vitamins you're like oh it's a nice day out yeah. what could go wrong Wrong, it's a know? nice perspective after we've been locked locked in for such a long time because uh, the sun obviously gives us energy and it's always like after after a long ass winter and you go out and you hit you get that sunny sunny sky it's like and it's like i want to do some shit mm. that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah. right and, and when you're locked and then it's in like, i'm not allowed to do any shit it's like oh <laughs> yeah. wow okay oh, cool. what do i do what do i do <laughs> <laughs> but like you get this, you get this energy, right? And you you get into this proper mindset. And uh, you you mentioned that in in November and December you had like a pretty you know big schedule. And we saw, man, the man you were pumping some shit, especially with the whole covenant stories and whatnot. Jesus, man, uh, but it was super good. Uh, but that made me think, you know, if you get into this mindset and start, you know, obviously you have content to work with and start, you know, uh, organizing and stuff. I know I asked. I'm not sure if I asked you last time, but have you ever given the thought of trying something new in terms of YouTube? Because I know you stream some Hades, my dude. I popped in from, mm -hmm. from time to time. You, you play some Hades <laughs> and you seem to love that shit. I love that shit too. But the question is, yeah. do you, I don't know, do you consider, I don't know, somewhere in the future, maybe trying out a new channel? This doesn't necessarily have to be gaming. I don't know, something... Uh, I don't know, nutritional-wise, uh, something, you know, mindset-wise, or, I don't know, even gaming. Any any Like, I've heard the content. Um, I mean, it's it's a thought that, that constantly runs through your mind. And in my experience, when it comes to YouTube or content creation, uh, one of the best things you can do is separate the content from the creator itself. Like, familiarize your audience with your face and who you are. Um, we'll, we'll probably know a couple of YouTube channels where they'll cover wow information, but they'll also make sure to put in like a segment of themselves, just sitting behind the camera and talking about it. Yep. That is purely there to familiarize the audience with the content creator and, and make it so that when the moment does come that you want to jump into different content, it's yeah. easier for the audience to follow them along because they recognize the face, they know who it is. Um, and, and you can see that that is a tactic being applied in my case. 
I think it also flows back into the whole reason why I started this thing. Because my idea was never to build up a YouTube channel and, and be known as, as the lore guy. My <laughs> whole take behind this was just, uh, well, first of all, like the, the video guides and all the other things that I made that we talked about last time. Yeah. But at some point, I realized that people really enjoyed the story and I love telling the story. That's, that's kind of why I make the videos. But the idea of diverging the content and, and making different stuff is something that runs through mind every day. Like, should we reach that point or should I find myself at a point where I want to do that? Uh, what kind of content do I want to do? But a big challenge when it comes to that is also engaging your audience. Because it's really nice for me to say like, hey guys, I'm, I'm playing some Hades right now or Binding of Isaac or Legend of Zelda or stuff like that. Things that I have uploaded in the past. You'll notice that the audience is just not interested in that. They are there for a specific thing, which is Warcraft lore. Um, and that is why they come to the channel. And there is absolutely 100% nothing wrong with that. I love that people come to the Warcraft lore. It just makes it more of a challenge to be uh, diverse in the content you create. Because it all takes time to make, right? Any, yeah. any hour that I spend on making a Hades video is an hour that I don't spend on making Warcraft lore videos, which I know uh, is what the audience is there for. So will I reach a point at some point in time where I will actually uh, diverse the content and I hope I used the right word, by the way, diverge. Hey, man, we're, um, we're nailing a lot of words. The last time we did it too, so just go with that's it. That's the word of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so at, at some point, I'm hoping that um, my storytelling qualities will also transfer into other franchises or perhaps other storytelling things, because I really love doing that aspect. But who knows what the future might bring. For now, I still have plenty of content to cover when it comes to Warcraft. I remember like, like six or seven years ago, I was doing a podcast where somebody asked me, like, do you think in a year or two you will have enough videos still left to do? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think so. And then they came out with the Chronicles and then new expansions. So oh, yeah. for now, I'm, I'm in, a, in a sweet spot. The idea of, of doing different content, it'll always something that runs in the back of your mind, always. Of it's just course. a matter of finding the time and the energy for it. Yeah, and, amen. And in the in the sense of uh, lore and anything like that, I can uh, put my hand on my heart and say that you have a narrator's, a storyteller's voice. It's actually uh, very nice. I mean, it's probably not the first time you're hearing about this, yeah. but uh, yeah, you, you have the goods. I mean, I told this to to Hiro as well. Uh, there's been many nights of good sleep listening to Wow Lore from Noble. I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. Hey, man, it's a great compliment, man. You get the watch time. I get to mm -hmm. sleep well. Everybody wins. <laughs> That's what I hear for. I, I have heard that one a couple of times. Like Noble. <laughs> I, uh, I hope this isn't creepy, but uh, you're the last voice that I hear uh, that I hear at night <laughs> before falling asleep. I'm like, no, I just it just warms my heart. I love it. <laughs> Please never stop. It's 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 wonderful, man. Because you know your your voice is so chill, and you have this delivery. I don't know if you ever took courses for this or something like that, but you have this really good cadence. And this is on lore videos because that way we're talking. It's obviously it's a di it's it's a different flow. It's more I don't know uh, natural conversational type type stuff. But when you do the lore stuff, it, it's basically the narrator. I can always imagine your ass somewhere near a, you know a small fireplace and not like uh, <laughs> to the lore people. <laughs> you know, I had. I had the greatest education in that regard, and I'll tell you the secret to it. I used to babysit my cousins, and they would love bedtime stories. <laughs> that was my. It was my school of, okay, this is how I'm going to tell the story. It was great. That's Beautiful. what was needed. Best training, best training to have for that. But yeah, <laughs> you, you, you did mention uh, the, the, this thing, you know, on, on creating different content. And it is a, a, a big risk because 
let's face it, YouTube now works in in a way that kind of boxes you in, right? It, 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 it basically delivers your content to an audience that is only interested in that. And if you try something else, I mean, I'm pretty sure you experimented uh, in the past with different types of other stuff. They just don't do well. And as you know, you get the views, uh, you, you get people reacting and loving it and stuff. But th there's still that sense of, man, uh, and as you said, it right, like I put this hour in this, but I could have put one hour in, in another lore video and, you know, it had better engagement and results or whatever. That's that's the scary part, I believe, when thinking about, uh, you know, new content. But mm. maybe if you do a new channel, you know, a brand new channel, you know, Noble Hades, Noble Zelda, you know, <laughs> it'd be something else. Fair enough. But again, it falls down to the whole uh, time thing. But as you mentioned, uh, like the Covenant videos during Shadowlands, it's... Um, oh, yeah. It's something that you keep in mind because you know it's not going to draw in the big numbers and therefore it affects the videos that would draw in the big numbers. Yeah. It's 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 a weird landscape to navigate yourself in because you often find... Because on the one hand, you'll be making the same content over and over and over again because you know that the YouTube algorithm really likes it and devours it. Yeah. On the other hand, there is the risk of people being like, well, you're just making the same content over and over and over again. So it's it's trying to find a middle road in that regard. At the same time, also sometimes just say F it and just make whatever you love making. That's very true, very true. And it is a you, the true word to man, like that balance, because it's also in the mind too. I mean, you, you struggle, uh, most content creators struggle with this too. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm doing the same thing over and over versus I need to do something new. It's something that it's really hard to like, to like get in. And at some point, mm -hmm. but hey man, whatever works for you. If you feel, you know, you feel supernatural doing, you know, whatever it is you do at this point, it should be good enough. As I, long as the creative juices keep flowing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, you know. Exactly. But, okay, so we, we touched a little bit on, you know, World of Warcraft and the Covenants and stuff. And I, I see you pumping all that good juicy content on the Covenants. I'm, I'm pretty sure you absolutely loved Shadowlands uh, just, just from the lore perspective. I think it's really rich and has a lot of fucking potential. Um, so the first question regarding that is, what's your favorite Covenant story? And why? Ooh, um, I think altogether uh, that will have to be the Venfir Covenant, which is also why I chose it for Ooh. my main character. <laughs> the reason why um, it's it's difficult to pick a favorite. Uh, it's easier for me to say which one I didn't like, which is the Necrolords. Uh, that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that they've gotten a couple of chapters in there that are literally copy pasted from the other Covenant campaigns, and there's like one of them that's unique. Uh, Bastion out of eight, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, Bastion has the interesting thing with Ufer going on, Arden, but it's uh, you gotta enjoy it, I suppose. I find it a bit too culty. Uh, Ardenweald is all over the place, which I really enjoyed lore-wise, but it's all over the place. It's not a cohesive Covenant storyline. So then you're left with the Venfir, and I find the Venfir really interesting. They're of course connected to the first raid, Castanefria and Anefrius. Beyond that, they introduce a well-known character from Azeroth, and you start partying with that character and learn more about that. There is a decisive goal that you're going after, a, a goal that they got in mind at the start, and it just keeps on going. And I love the characters like Tiotar and, and the setting and the vampires, Dracula. <laughs> uh, for me, it's Venter 1. Yeah. 100%, 100%. You do know that a lot of the, the Venter inspiration comes from the country we live in. We were very surprised to see a lot of Romanian names in there. Yeah. And we made a lot of I've had 
Yeah. I've had so many comments about the way that I pronounce the names. They're like, Novo, it's a Romanian name. You're doing it wrong. And I'm like, sorry, it's Nadja. Nadja the Misblade. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I actually, actually agree with you, man, because um, this is actually really interesting because I'm, I'm a, a story nerd in the sense that I like stories. I like, I always like stories growing up and I, I read a lot of like folklore and stuff like that. So whenever I, I, I am a part of a story, like, um, I don't know, either listening to it, reading it, watching it, uh, or experiencing it in a game, I'm super interested in how they develop and how they deliver the story. And when, when they announced Shadowlands at BlizzCon, I was like, oh yeah, Maldraxxus, I'm totally a, a necro boy, uh, DK is one of my mains, let's go. But then um, I think uh, it was on Alpha, they, they released uh, Venthyr, uh, Revendreth first, so we actually had to do the, uh, the story campaign. So the Revenant was like, oh my god, this is pretty cool. It's like, this intrigue reminds me a little bit of Suramar, and it feels like the story is, I don't know if cohesive is the right word, but it definitely is, is on a solid track, and you kind of know where it's supposed to go. Either it ends up with, like, the, the Venthyr population having their own, uh, you know, leadership back, or if Sire is gonna mm. fuck shit up. Um, that's, that's also really cool, and you kind of get attached to the characters. You get attached to, obviously, Theotar, who's yeah. fucking nuts and it <laughs> and it actually became my uh, my favorite uh, story as well zone I, I i like the aesthetics and it feels like i don't know it feels right i don't know why it's i don't know if it has a lot to do with the afterlife like the the, the only concept that i concept that i found that it it makes sense in shadowlands is the sins part and i don't think any other zone does this i guess ardenwall does the reincarnation theme of the afterlife revendreth does does the you have to atone for your sins part uh, Bastion is like you said, it's like, okay, but I thought Uther was the good guy. And it's like so confusing. Yeah. It's like, I, I want to root for the curious, but you, you guys are making it so hard for me. It's like, and now you can uh, be ascendant and get rid of your memories. Like, well, no, 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 no. I thought we, that was bad though. <laughs> so it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit confusing, but I definitely see where you're going for. And as, as a story nerd, I recommend Venthyr, best story so far. Hey, yeah, Bastion, I mean, it is interesting how they are actually finding a way of making a storyline in which you don't know who to root for, which is impressive on its own. Like, at, at exactly. first, you're like, cool, Bastion, Kyrians, and then you learn more about the path and what it entails, and both sides make some really solid arguments. I'm like, yeah. Ah. But then near the end of it, it's like, yeah, the Archon was right. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, where did it go? <laughs> what? There was like this really interesting storyline. And a big problem with Bastion is that it just jumps the shark really, really early on. Yeah. And I mentioned this during the Covenant videos as well. Uh, Devils should not have been a dungeon boss. Devils should have been at the end with Lysonia yeah, exactly. in the dungeon. Exactly. Yeah, that was, that was, that was very that was surprising. Weird. I thought, I thought Devos was the, the, um, the pioneer of the Forsworn. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, wait a minute, but, but, but why do I care about the Forsworn if I just be their leader? And like, like yep. you said, that's what I felt like, okay... There had the, the, they had this really cool juxtaposition between the Kyrians and the Forcer where you kind of went, okay, I see that why you have to uphold order and have a discipline, but also personality, individuality, and being able to use your experiences to be a better soul or whatever is good. And then, like you said, it was like, that all went away after, 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 this, after a while, and it was like, okay, Forcer are bad, and now I have to hate Uther all of a sudden. It's like, okay, man, but I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they, they had a... I think they had a much better potential with the Uther thing. I feel he was underused for for that story and could have could have made it much either much more tragic or much more impactful. I felt that they just kind of wasted Uther's 
come back, quote unquote, uh, within the Shadowlands story. There's still things to come, obviously, but I don't know. I was really looking into you know the whole Uther plotline and getting into oh, there, but yeah. it felt really underwhelming. Yeah. They they had a bigger chance over there. Uh, well, like you said, there is still more to come. So I'm hoping that the Uther storylines actually build up with dropping Arthas in the Ma, and and yeah. a lot of people are hoping to see Arthas at some point. So hopefully to be continued. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe a night with yeah. It always felt like that because it always felt like okay the uther stories shouldn't be over because it felt like they were kind of building him to be this anti-hero kind of like this Illidan was like i want to do the good thing but you're not gonna like how i'm gonna do it um <laughs> and i thought that's oh, that, that's actually pretty cool because uther was always like growing up in with the warcraft um two i think the first time he showed up i don't know if it was in one and I was like, oh, this is like the paragon of justice and order and whatever and now he's all of a sudden like Fuck you guys, I want my vengeance. No, I want my justice. I'm sorry. Justice, <laughs> yeah, I, I said. I said justice. I didn't mean um, <laughs> But yeah, it feels like it's not over. And, I, and and if they don't build up, I think, I feel like they just use it as a poster boy to like hook people with Shadowlands. And that's kind of like scammy, sketchy. Uh, but I, I do hope that, I don't know, maybe the Bastion story is going to be developed in like, I don't know, something like 9.3. Because I have a feeling that maybe the Maw is the last raid that we're ever going to get. Something there. Read the jitter or whatever. That we're ever going to get. It's like game over. Okay. Huh. <clears throat> Speaking of the mock, can we all agree that Venari is the best character they created in like, oh. since, I don't know, uh, Wang Samdi maybe? Oh yeah, I like the, like her dialogue lines and her uh, I mean, subtext, if you read her. She's like, it seems like she's, it's 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 too much to say this, but it feels like she's the only intelligent character in the game. So, I don't I don't know so why because so mysterious, yeah, so nasty. Because she's like, okay, I know what you're saying, and you know what I'm saying. Why are we bullshitting? I feel I feel like that's kind of <laughs> Venari's Venari's attitude. Like, all right, we never had that before. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, all out of all of these, right? We got the covenant stories and whatever, and I know you don't do speculation, noble, too much. But, you know, uh, let's just uh, use our creative juices here. And uh -huh. uh, I'm going to ask you this. So, what do you think 9.3 will look like, story-wise? And just, you know, go, go all out. Go freestyle. And we're, and we're talking 9.3 like Endgame, yeah? yeah That's endgame. the end of the yes. expansion. Yeah. Yes. Last patch. All right, by the end of the expansion, uh, Enduin has been turned into a Death Knight uh, similar to Arthas <laughs> wielding Shalomor. And Ufer will be introduced into that storyline to try and bring back Enduin to the light side. He failed his student once before that's been dropped in a maw. And after having some interesting conversation with Arthas, uh, Ufer realized, like, this is my next shot. So he is going to try and mentor Enduin back to the light side. <laughs> Bolvar is also going to assist in this, considering the history between Enduin and Bolvar. In the meantime, the Jailer has been absolutely wrecking business. Ouroboros is shattered. The veil between this world and the next is even wider. And slowly but surely, the Jailer is trying to make his way out. He thinks that he has won the championship of the different powers of the Cosmic Charts. Except what he didn't count upon was Sylvanas' love for Nefanos. The Jailer refusing to bring Nefanos out of the Maw and back to the beloved Benchy Queen, as well as Enduin's words towards her, has placed Sylvanas on the path, not so much of redemption, but more so like, oh, uh, this Jailer guy, whoops, he kind of is the bad guy. So Sylvanas has been on a quest together with Toronda, where they've become best buddies, uh, a quest of vengeance, because it wasn't Sylvanas' fault all along, it was actually the Jailer. So Tyrande is like, okay, Bench Queen, I'll work together with you for a little while. 
So they are on a mission oh, together to try and slow down the Jailer. Meanwhile, Illidan, together with Sargeras, had to see to the Pantheon. Illidan, after kicking Sargeras in the nuts for quite a while. <laughs> Sargeras being cleansed of the corruption. You know, he's been converted by the Dreadlords. Dreadlords are actually agents of the Jailer. They told Sargeras about the corruption of the Void, how there was the need of the Burning Legion. But considering Azeroth was the final planet with the Old Gods inside of them, there is no need for the Burning Legion. There is no need to fear the Void Lords. Rather, we could stand together with a united Azeroth. Speaking of Azeroth, the Titan Spirit has been said to be even stronger than Sargeras itself. So by the time the Jailer comes out of the Maw, like this massive rip in the sky, Sargeras and Illidan, they fly to Azeroth, Sylvanas and Tyrande in, in the running with, with Anduin and Ufer and whatnot. And Azeroth itself wakes up and she yoinks like that sword out of her back and she's like, Hi Jailer, what? coming out of the Shadowlands. <laughs> and then they start this big epic conflict and that is the next expansion, The Great Dark Beyond, because we're going to explore more planets. That's that's the end expansion. Hey, wait, did you plan this? Was this written somewhere? <laughs> what the fuck it was felt, that? It felt like years oh, of repressed shit. speculation and tensions. Like, <laughs> like, hey, man, I know you don't do speculations yeah, a lot, but burst. can you like... And I was like, is no one going to talk a lot about Those are your words. I speculate a whole lot. Holy shit. Stream or videos. It's like, I'll, I'll, I'll spit some ideas. Why not? Uh, just, 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 just a few, just a few. Dude, that's actually so cool. Can you imagine if Blizzard wow. actually takes the story into this direction? I'm going to be entirely disappointed if they're not. <laughs> dude, but, oh man, like, um, did you, uh, dude, do, do you have all this written down? Was this like freestyle all the way? You did. <laughs> I mean, this is just freestyle bringing ideas together. Like, for me, the ending of Battle for Azeroth should have been Azeroth waking up with the sword out of her back and be like, hey, what up, Sargeras? But that never happened. So they can just use it in this expansion. Easy. <laughs> and the Endwin Shalemane bit, I mean, once we saw that cutscene with Shalemane, I would love, because for those unaware, there, there's a cutscene from the Tower of Torghost where uh, Shalemane has been turned into Shalemorn, like it's been a Morn weapon. And there's like this big ass soap opera, opera cliffhanger ending where Sylvanas needs to make a choice. Like, yeah. is she going to convert Anduin to their side? Is she going to let him go? And I, I think we're going to see Shalomorn in action, and I think Anduin is going to be converted even for a little bit. That is supported by a whisper from Ilganov, which says, the boy king will serve at the master's table. Ha! But yes. I, don't, I don't think Sylvanas is going to make that call. I think the jailer is going to remove that option and just force Anduin into this, because during the Torgas questline, there's this whole idea of the Jailer. If he figures out what we know, he might discard his playthings. And he knows what we know. He comes out of the helmet. He knows what Bolfar saw. So I wouldn't put it past the Jailer to actually enforce that future upon Enduin, which in turn makes Sylvanas reflect upon Arthas that enforced this path upon her. And just realizing that she has not only been working with an Arthas, but the source behind Arthas. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm quite curious where the story's going to go. <laughs> so like all of, all of the points were like so I'm cool because like I was thinking okay uh, they, they they can make Anduin Lich King oh the so Sylvanas might actually turn out to be our uh, our way to get rid of the Jailer and stuff like that but that wall was disconnected from from uh, every other character so I didn't really uh, in my mind didn't really make all the connections and I always thought that the, the uh, Sylvanas cannot be Garrosh and Sylvanas uh, cannot be Illidan because it's way too much. And I'm a big sucker for love, man. And when you said that, because because you could you could feel her in the in the cinematics, like we don't even get to choose, and then she stopped. That that was like, yeah. Oh no, no, no! Don't. It's it's okay. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. And, and I don't think they ever made a 
a plot twist or a plot that can be influenced by actual romantic love. And that would be so cool because I would not have expected that. I would have expected, uh, although I wouldn't have liked it for Sylvanas to be like, mm, you don't understand me. I want death for all and we kill her in the raid boss. Or I was doing the right thing all along and you didn't see it, uh, Illidan thing uh, all along. But the, the love part is like, ah, oh, that's such a, that's such... That's such a good point that they can make. I think they should definitely exploit that part of the game because why not? We we need more love. Everybody needs more love. But uh, I, I want to circle back a little bit. You, uh, Noble, you, you put in to Rhonda in this this mm. this whole uh, future thing. So you, do you actually think the way they built her up because they basically turned all of her story to be like this this hunter for Sylvanas. So, do you actually think there's gonna be a... She's a, my F to her, Illidan. <laughs> I mean... Nothing without the hunt. Like, what do I think what's gonna happen to Toronto? Um, like, the, the whole Toronto Sylvanas team up was a bit of a, a joke there. Um, <laughs> if, if I had to make a more realistic guess as to what happened to Toronto, that would be connected to the Arnawield Night Fae campaign. Um, during the Night Fae campaign, we look for other night warriors of the past yes. we try to figure out what happened to toronda yes. and at the end of it Hallenheim mountain goes on the hunt for more souls and we can all hold hands kumbaya share the powers of a loon and try to save toronda because the night warrior is consuming her yep so that we also got a sister of the winter queen and there's a bit of a debate about who exactly this sister is some are pointing towards uh Aonar because yep. there's this memory of Aonar and a couple of other reasons i'm personally more of the mindset of it being a loon Alone connected to the domain of life, whereas the Winter Queen is the domain of death. Um, that's because the whole Ysera resurrection, dying at the Temple of Alone, the connection to the Night Warrior. There's a, there's a whole bunch of Alone yeah. factors. Yeah. But pretty much it's a toss-up right now. It it's pretty much comes down to, okay, which direction does Blizzard want to go? Not to mention, I find it way more interesting to go into the Alone storytelling rather than going back to the Titan storytelling, because we yeah, true. already kind of did that. Um, so in the case of Toronto, it's it's a classic story of uh, vengeance consumes you, and right now she's apparently running the endless layers of Torghast. I don't know if you guys finished it, but that is some torment right there. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> it is not Can, fun to go no, through. No. But um, I, I I think we're going to go into the domain of life in one of the patches. We're gonna deal with the Winter Queen sister. We're gonna deal with the Night Warrior storyline, and potentially save. Toronto from being consumed by it. I, I doubt that they would let Toronto die because of it. Although it is not entirely impossible. She is she has been around for quite a while. Man. man now, my is gonna cry in the ashes of Teldrassil yeah, though. What the fuck is if Malfurion? Legion is any indication. Where is Malfurion anyways? Yeah, You're like Toronto, my love, and yeah, she's like yeah. out of there. Yeah, yeah. Malfurion should be the, the first one. Yeah, he's probably partying with the boys that he's free. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> where? Where? That, probably having a nap again in the Emerald Dream. But oh, what, like, what made you like speculate the the thing with with Sargeras and, and Illidan? That that's interesting. Nobody, I didn't, I didn't hear nobody talk about them. And uh, there's also mm. the sword in Azeroth. Like, what do we do with that? What what's up with that? 
Well, the, the reasoning behind the Sargeras speculation is mainly because ever since the Cataclysm, where they made the decisive call of dragons can no longer reproduce and the aspects are over, um, they got back on that decision. And they were like, we don't want such a closure. In case we want to bring it back into the story later, we don't want to shut down windows and doors. We want to keep it a little bit open. And in the case of the Sargeras storyline, that's exactly what happened. He's been imprisoned at the seat of the Pantheon. Illidan stayed behind there. But if you look back at the whole reasoning why Sargeras started his Burning Legion, that is because of the corruption of the Void Lords. Yeah. Because of the old gods shut out into the universe, and he was like, if they take over, things are going to go bad. I might as well purge it so that maybe it has a chance to regrow. And to all sources, the old gods are gone. Uh, we got Blizzard interviews that say um, the old gods have been purged from Azeroth. Um, different sources that say that Azeroth was the last one that the old gods tried to claim. Um, or, the, or the last one to wake up, my apologies. Yeah. So there is no specific reason for Sagaris to be afraid of a Titan spirit being corrupted, but there is still the Void Lords out there. So why wouldn't he become an ally again if, if they're able to cleanse him, especially because they added the lines of Azeroth is even speculated to be stronger than Sargeras. Sargeras having an eye on Azeroth, a bit of a power couple right there. That sword is indeed still sticking out of her. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, or at least I would, I would love it if Sargeras comes back into the storyline and, and stands with us mm. in the Great Dark Beyond against the Void Lords battle <laughs> and all that good stuff. How about when Azeroth wakes up, she pulls the sword out of her and uses it? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, why not, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I wanted to, to ask you uh, something because you did say that um, maybe the maybe we don't need to fight the Void Lords after all. And I we've heard other speculations that maybe the Void Lords are not like the worst thing in the in the universe. Um, I don't know if that's exactly how you feel, or maybe I understood that wrong. But if the Void Lords are not like no, the... it, it's it's specifically about the old gods that were shot out. Apparently, the old gods have been cleansed from Titan infected worlds, or mm. sorry, Titan populated worlds, and that was the whole plan of the Void Lords. The Void Lords themselves yep. are still out there, mm -hmm. and in a great cosmic charge where all these powers are trying to topple each other, um, they are still definitely your friends. Oh, that, that's that's what I wanted to get to because I mean, at the end of the day, we're still playing an RPG, so we need an antagonist like a, a wall to overcome to feel the growth of our character. And I feel like I always felt like that the ultimate wall would be the Void Lords, and if if they're not like uh, uh, the enemy, then that would be a little bit weird. But also another question that um, this is, that I found this interesting is because I I know that a lot of people uh, talk about this that the um, the Dread Lords corrupted. Um, a corrupted Sargeras, so the Dreadlords were basically the ones that infused them with Fel, because, I mean, is Sargeras uh, corrupted by Fel, and that would be cleansed, and if that, if that, then the Dreadlords are the servants of the Jailer, then what does Fel have to do with the, with the Jailer, then, because Fel is... I guess fell is the magic that destroys. We're getting life. we're getting a couple of ideas. Um, a couple of old lore and new lore are now mixed together. Um, the idea behind the Dreadlords is originally we thought that they just came from the Twisted Nether and they were part of the original Demon Crew. But there's a book that you can find in Revendreth which suggests or pitches the idea that uh, the Dreadlords come from the domain of death rather than the domain of uh, Disorder Nether. Yeah. Um, there's this cosmic war in Warcraft where the different powers, uh, life, death, order, disorder, void, and light, they want to topple each other. It's like a tug of war. And balance is important. So death has infiltrated disorder. Then the corruption of Sargeras by the Fell. In Ye Olden lore, 
It was actually the editor, if I remember correctly, that corrupted Sargeras. That has then been changed to Sargeras just looked out at the darkness of the world and he became very emo and he was like, what's the point? <laughs> it's all just dark. Can't take it anymore. And that eventually bursted forth and it was like, he's corrupted. With the Chronicles, what happened is Sargeras figured out that all the demons, they would just go back to the Twisted Nether and just keep on respawning. So he built them a prison world called Mardum. That is where they locked up all the demons. It's the demon hunter starting uh, place. He burst that planet open because he wanted to form his burning legion and all that fell went like whoosh. And that is why he's now infused with the fell. Yeah. <clears throat> it's pretty common knowledge, Flame. I don't know what you're uh, about. <laughs> it's all good. Man, I, I, I got so geeked out on, on this, 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 this version. If this happens like this and it ends out like this would be so good. And th there's a lot of arcs that they need to like give closure to, right? There's because they started a lot of them actually started from Legion. Most of them got kind of uh, distorted a bit in BFA. You didn't really know exactly what the fuck is up. Because if you remember, initially in BFA, we kind of thought that it was a fourth war, but we didn't know for sure that you know Sylvanas was actually trying to get all these people killed to get souls into the mall. I guess we can conclude that that's the, the main that was the main purpose, right? To feed off souls into the mall uh, because of this war. And and now we're looking at this whole grand scheme of things where and we didn't talk at all about the light. Um they they had this uh where was it? Was it uh, in the Magar campaign where yeah. Rel became like this super fanatic? And now if we go on the Raven Dread, we see uh <clears throat> a Naru who has forsaken uh, the, the light or has been part of a war and has been captured mm -hmm. and serving the Raven Dread, and you see the light piercing through and burning the, the Raven Dread. But what's that about? Is it is it part of this cosmic war that's happening and struggle? A part of it, yeah. Basically what's been happening is in the older lore, light was like the pure good yeah, force. Exactly. And hey. the light was like this good force and uh, evil beware there is light. Then over time, they evolved the storyline. In Legion, we saw uh, Zeta, yeah. if I remember right. Mm being very dominant about the light, like you better embrace my way or it's the highway. And from that example, people were like, ooh, the light is actually really evil. And I'm personally more of the mindset of, no, this is from Zera, the prime Naru. There is more to the light than just good or evil. And then in the Magar campaign, like you mentioned, Alternate Renor, we find out that the Drenai are on this holy crusade because uh, they got the Naru behind them and they believe that the orcs messed up the planets. But I personally find that the Magar recruitment scenario didn't give um, solid conclusions, solid answers, because we don't know exactly what happened to Alternate Renor. Um, I, I would love it if Yirl and, and the Draenei are on this holy crusade, even though it was never meant to be, and the orcs are actually the good guys. I would love this storyline. <laughs> but if you look at the stories and the hints that they're giving, I don't think that there's a solid conclusion yet, as in, oh yeah, the light is pure evil, the light is pure good. And at the end of the day, good or evil also comes down to intent. The light never cared if you were a good person or a bad person. The light always reacted to conviction. Um, take the Scarlet Crusaders, for example. They wouldn't be considered in, in the grand scheme of things as the good guys, and yet they can wield the light just perfectly fine. So there's more nuance to it. There's more um, background besides, yeah, light is good, the rest is bad. And the cosmic war is everything. Like, there will always be powers trying to uh, trump each other. Whereas the light, I believe, sees one 
single path as the truth, the void sees a thousand different possibilities. Um, and at the end of the day, you need both in order to see uh, true vision, in order to see true purpose. Yeah. Not to mention that we got the Illyria Torellian storyline. If you've read the novel Shadows Rising, we actually find out that our boy Torellian and Lady Illyria that's been infused the void, they're quite a power couple. Whereas Torellian chains people up with the light and then Illyria infiltrates their mind with the void to find their answers. It's gruesome and it's it's a really cool storyline they can build upon oh definitely 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 and there's there's man there, <laughs> there's there's so much to to unpack but uh we we have to we have to respect noble's time we, we we're marking it the the hour here we i think we could talk for for like days and days and i days would hang out this. all day long yes. but i literally i got coach waiting for me in like 15 <laughs> no. minutes so i gotta be there on time which is like no, five no, minutes guys normally i'm more relaxed about it but not when no, other people no, are waiting for me of course hey, of man, course. Plen plenty more episodes plenty more seasons to go oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> if, yeah, you, can, if you know what i mean we gotta get we're gonna get <laughs> More. Uh, but guys, uh, in case you didn't know, just check out Noble on twitch.tv slash noble87, youtube.com slash noble87, twitter slash noble87. There's a, a lot of noble87, okay? Just Google it, all right? Chat. Just Thank ignore you. the other 86, all right? They're the bad ones. Just go for 87. 87, that's a very good year. All right, Noble, thank you so much once again for joining. It's been amazing, and I'm geeked out as fuck. We're going to leave you to it. Go uh, and uh, do, do your thing, uh, you know, being, being healthy, being fit, getting all that proper juices. Learn from in. Noble, guys. Gains! Gains! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, I think we can we can close it off now. Uh, yeah. uh, thank you, everybody, for thank you tuning much. in. Hope you enjoyed this. It was a much more wow-focused episode because, you know, we had a lot to talk about, especially with Noble. Man, and, and then you know if you if, if didn't you didn't even want get to BlizzCon either, like BlizzCon on the horizon. Oh, yeah, there's, there's there's so much to talk we'll have, about. We'll have to talk about next time. Yeah, yeah maybe maybe we no can then we can do a summary after that. But guys, if you if you haven't watched our first episode with Double, if you want to find out more about the person, you can check the episode on our channel on YouTube.com/slash/Marcelo9 oh, yeah. and all of the platforms that we put our podcast on, and definitely watch that one as well. And then we go more in the personal stuff. Right now, we're just you know talking talking nerd shit. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody. We're going to see you next Monday with a brand new guest. Have a great week ahead. Still, I play wow. Still, I play wow.